0: And welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our special 2019 So Divine overview. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through the astrological landscape and give you the celestial vibe for 2019. So as we were talking about the year in 2019 and trying to come up with a word that kind of, you know, fit into what the vibe was, the word we came up with is expansive expansive. And as we were talking about that 2019 is going to be this very expansive year, what also came to mind was that could go one of two ways. One way would be to be so expansive that we overreach. Or on the other hand, we could become where we limit our expansion to the point where we don't do anything or there's no movement. So we're going to talk about this theme of expansion for 2019. And also, did you know, Stephanie, that 2019 in Chinese astrology is the year of the pig? Really? Yes. And the Year of the Pig is uh, represents abundance and generosity. And the Year of the Pig is supposed to be a very festive year and also a time where we feel uh, a lot of wealth and we have this very joyful and relaxing vibe. And one of the things that they talk about with this Year of the Pig is there is the danger of becoming overly relaxed or overly joyful or overly expansive Hmm. to the point of stepping outside of our budget or overspending or just getting so caught up in the energy that we overextend. Which I think is very interesting. Also, just a side note on uh, the year of the pig, it's supposed to be actually really uh, positive for all the signs of the zodiac, all the shiny signs of the zodiac. Nice. So again, it's that whole notion of this growth into
1: right, joy you yes. said and generosity. Yes. But watching again, how do we maintain that? balance so we don't mm-hmm. overexpand or exactly. overextend. Right. Well, I'm and glad that it's a good year full of joy and generosity.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. So let's start by talking about part of the big shift this year is that Uranus shifts signs. Uranus shifts from Aries into Taurus, which is really a big deal. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Great, yeah, and we had um, a preview of this Mm -hmm. in 2018. So in May of 2018, Uranus went from Aries to Taurus and sort of shook up the Taurian world for a bit. Right. It backed back out, back into Aries in the beginning of November. And so, what's interesting, right? So, then it's retracing its steps in Aries through March 6th. And it's really interesting because it feels like some of where our collective attention has been being paid since 2010 in the Aryan realms of, right, the individual. Right. The mm-hmm. Aryan realms mm-hmm. of soldiering, yes. the warrior, yes. you know, guns, yes. um, also the head. You know, we've talked about that before, right, about how right. we've seen since 2010, this focus on um, concussive traumatic brain injury. Yes, yes. And so now that Uranus is back in Aries, almost like, is it? Sort of it's in, with this last hurrah, are we seeing some of these landscapes, these Aryan landscapes that have been shaken up where now it's shaken out, right? Where there's right. some sort of my conclusions the wrong word but some sort of closure some sort of understanding right what may we see about you know gun control is definitely one that always comes to mind right, you know what right. may we see about the power of the individual mm-hmm. to redirect and pivot the course of the world nations what have you
0: yes and when, you know, when I think about Uranus and Aries, I think about revolution. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's just such a revolutionary vibe. And, you know, there's just so much going on right now in, in you know, the people and, you know, wanting to liberate themselves and the whole revolution. And we see this in the different governments. And so it'll be interesting to see what plays out, you know, in France with, you know, the revolution against Macron and the Yellow Jackets and then, of course, in Britain with Theresa may and brexit and of course in our own country right and so you know it's this very revolutionary energy liberate the people you know down with the establishment and so you talk a lot or you've talked a lot before stephanie about how when a a planet is fixing a finishing its orbit in a sign the energy sometimes are really really intense you know as it comes to an end so it'll be Really interesting to see if things just really heat up. If indeed we will be let them eat cake, right?
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) And a very interesting cake with Uranus going to Taurus, right—the sign of like sensual pleasures. Well, and it's interesting because I don't think we're going to have to like wait all that long. Which Uh is very Aries is very happy of not waiting all that long to get an understanding of what this may be. In terms of what we've learned to where we've come with Uranus and Aries, because on January sixth, right, is mm-hmm. like the year becomes new. Uranus stations direct going forward, right, to yes. March sixth when I move into Taurus. And so again, I think it's be interesting for all of us to keep our eyes peeled yes. on those first couple of weeks of January yes. in terms of is there that unleashing of you know, both the understanding, is there that unleashing of that energy? You know, is there an unleashing of, like, freedom, how we fight for freedom, the, you know, unique stance we take? And just, so it's interesting, right, because it's only two more months in Aries, but I feel like that first Mm -hmm. week-ish of January will, I don't know if it'll be set the course or be able to give us an understanding, like almost a microcosm into Mm. where we've been and how the terrain has changed and where we may be going in
0: the next couple of months with this. And then, of course, Uranus will move into Taurus. So let's talk about that. You know what I mean? What will Uranus and Taurus bring, right? It's just a whole different... Energy. I mean, Taurus is so grounded. Of course, Uranus is never grounded, <laughs> but it brings in the Taurus vibe,
1: right? So it's like Taurus, like you say, it's like it's the earth and it's mm-hmm. groundedness, and now it's like shaky ground,
0: right? right? And yes. re, you know,
1: liberated ground, redefined ground, a new definition, a new way of approaching and orienting to ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we spoke about this. Maybe it was in May where we talked about like the importance of all of us individually redefining defining what gives us ground, what has us feel a sense of solidity and a sense Mm -hmm. of security, which is other things, you know, that are related to Taurus. Right, right. And collectively, right, thinking about Taurus being, again, it's about the earth, it's about routine, it's about ritual, Mm. it's about how we orient from our senses. Taurus is about money and the economy and currency. And will we not see shifts, right, the breakup, the breakdown, the breakthrough in those realms, right? Whether it be, you know, cryptocurrency yes right right, new ways of payment new ways that the financial markets orient right you know will we find ourselves redefining again our rituals and Mm -hmm. our habits and Mm -hmm. maybe you know how we relate to or learn through the senses
0: right and also what we value and what we because i think our values in this world are so dramatically changing and maybe we're going to value things a little bit differently like here you are talking about the earth and what it brings to my mind is planet earth gaia you know and i think with the global changes that are happening which feels very Iranian. you know what i mean that we're all looking at how can we have a different relationship can we value planet earth a little bit differently yes because we need to <laughs> right, right not only we
1: should right right and it you know but we need to especially now you know and so that makes me wonder about too will this sort of shake up right this torian shake up will it shake up our attitudes you know will more people realize that wait you know planet earth is a living breathing being that is connected to all of us. And so that we can have more stewardship. We can have more responsibility, which also feels very well in the Capricorn, that energy of Capricorn. Yes, yes. You know, because really, time is of the essence for us to really nurture and nourish and take seriously the shifts in of this earth, you know, in terms of Climate change, in terms of like these shifts that have been occurring.
0: Yeah, I think that the Uranus energy, you know, in Taurus is definitely going to bring us to some crisis points. Definitely, you know. But again, it's this opportunity to, you know, re, you know, evaluate, you know, what we're doing. Yeah, and what is the, you know, to
1: really consciously to reevaluate and to consciously think what is the ground upon which I stand, mm-hmm. and how can I find another level, a deeper level of responsibility to that and for that, whether it be literally the earth, right that your home that is the earth, and or the the things in my life that give me grounding, that give me support, that make me secure. If some of them might be changing in the external world, how do I maintain a new orientation so that I can maintain by redefining the sense of consistency?
0: Right. You right. Know, which TARS loves consistency. Right.
1: And but maybe with that we're going to see because it's Uranus, it's the shakeup of consistency. You right. know, how do we still feel secure and grounded and a sense of sanctity and safety when things are a bit more maybe inconsistent. Absolutely.
0: It's going to be really, really interesting to see how this plays out. Um, And Uranus will be in Taurus until 2026. 2026. So we've got a few years here. Yeah. Um, But this is going to be very interesting. Right. And throughout the months,
1: right, both throughout this year and the next year is when Uranus is really strong in Taurus, we will obviously address,
0: readdress this. Yes, absolutely. So the other big player this year, um, well, it's always a big player, it's (laughs) Jupiter, (laughs) come on, (laughs) is Jupiter is in Sagittarius for most of this year until uh, early December. And why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, Jupiter and Sag. I mean, because, you know, Jupiter is very at home in Sagittarius. It's its natal placement. And so it brings this kind of very, well, Sagittarian energy to the table.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to how you started, right, this conversation about extending and expanding, right? Right, Jupiter and Sagittarius is very, look at the big vista, look at the big picture, look at the possibilities. There's a sense of far reach. Mm -hmm. And I think on some level, that has so much gorgeousness because it can push us beyond (laughs) self-limitation to see Actually, maybe here the glass is half full right. rather than half empty, Right. you know, and Jupiter and Sagittarius, Sagittarius being travel, mm-hmm. Sagittarius being the world, Sagittarius being the themes also of immigration yes. and immigration and Jupiter being the place where things are expanded. Right. And we didn't need to, obviously, to come to 2019 to realize how immigration has really been, you know, is such a, a hot topic and this sort of remaking of our cultural, political landscape. But I can't help but think that it's going to even further play a role in the collective discussion.
0: Absolutely. And Sagittarius is such a global planet, right? It's also very political, you know. And, you know, Sagittarius does not hold back in regards to expressing its opinions or discourse or communication. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what's going to be happening, as you're saying, globally with immigration, in politics, as we've already said, you know, I think there's going to be just a lot going on there. I completely agree. And thinking about too, right, Sagittarius with its beliefs, mm, right, yes, and a sense yes. of like
1: this is truth, right? This this striving for this connection to veracity, but you know, what is truth? You know, and is somebody trying to just share their truth with you? And how do you assess what is true? And what is not true, right? So this whole sense with Jupiter and Sagittarius, also we have to watch for dogmatism and right.
0: soapboxing right. and pulpiting and all of that. Being overexpansive, over-expansive. with Expansive. our opinions. Exactly. You know, so there's that fine line again. And, you know, as you're talking, Stephanie, it's just a perfect segue into, you know, Jupiter is going to be squaring Neptune this year. It's going to happen three times. It's going to start in January. And so here we are talking about Neptune and this expansive energy. And so when I think about Jupiter in Sagittarius, squaring Neptune in Pisces, um, what comes to mind is the theme of what's real and what's not real.
1: One of the really strong themes of the year. How do we assess what's real? And what's true? And is what's real for me real for you? you right. Know? And right, how do you right, find yes. consensus of understanding? Right. You know? And right. how do we protect our truth? How do we stand for our truth and for our reality
0: right. and the
1: possibility of that blurry reality? I mean, I remember back to 2016 when we had the Saturn-Neptune square, mm-hmm. right? And this sort of felt like the ushering of like, of notions of quote fake news you know of like what's what's a tv show what's actually right. real life and that right. blurring and are we going to have more of the potential for that blurring this year
0: well
1: and if there is how do we find the through line yeah. for ourselves of what we define as having veracity having truth right and actually being real
0: being grounded not being misty and foggy right which is the neptune part because exactly. you know, we have neptune in pisces and you know on one hand neptune is you know dreamy and imagination and it's spiritual and compassionate it can just really see those Bigger dimensions, right, but on another level, you know again, here we we're talking about being overly expansive it can it it's not grounded in reality, you know what I mean it can get a little bit out there, and yes, it's very inspiring, but again, it's just bringing in what you're talking about kind of that foggy energy it's that you know dream is this a dream or is this not a dream again what's real, what's not real.
1: Yeah. And I think with that too, I mean, how do we then use, I hate that word use, how do we then capture, channel, that's what I wanted to use. Mm. How do we channel the higher levels of what Jupiter and Neptune can offer to us?
0: Right, Right. right. How
1: do we go into our dreams? I mean, even thinking about you know, how do we go into the dreams of the things that inspired us when we were young? Mm. Right. And going back to that Mm -hmm. to see, wow, when I was younger and when My world felt like this beautiful blank canvas, the thing that moved and touched me was this, to do this in my life. Mm -hmm. And now we touch back to that. It feels like a really beautiful year to touch back to that. And with that may come sorrow. Wow, actually, I'm not going to be the prima ballerina at the, you know, ABT. But ballet or dancing still does inspire me. How can I recapture Mm -hmm. a part of that Dream mm-hmm. so that I can soften myself, which feels very Neptune, right? And growth, Jupiter, through softening Neptune to infuse myself more and recapture that sense of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's one way. Again, how do we turn to what's at our um, the behest or our disposal? Can I use that word in terms of these? archetypal opportunities that are available to us this year.
0: Absolutely. I love that you talk about that softening, you know, with Neptune, because, you know, I think that Jupiter sometimes can be full of hot air. You know, I mean, it's like that's one of the things about especially Jupiter in Sagittarius. And so as you're talking, Stephanie, what comes to mind is, you know, Sagittarius, especially Jupiter in Sagittarius, can just be full of like hot air, like a big hot air balloon. Right. And on one level, even though that's very elevating and a very illuminating there can be the danger of it becoming like smoke and mirrors right and so again we're having to do this discernment right between about you know we're expanding we're we're a hot air balloon and then worrying about just getting our head overly in the clouds. And I think that's very that Jupiter kind of Neptune square vibe. So as we're talking about Neptune, we also want to talk about Neptune is also going to be sextiling Saturn,
1: which I'm really happy about, right? Because again, with that Jupiter-Neptune, and and again, like we can travel, we can expand through our dreams and through our imagination and connecting to soulfulness. But we've also talked about the possibilities of how it can be really unmooring and it can be overly expanding and it can be very foggy. That Saturn energy, right? And it's Saturn sextiling Neptune. So sextile is a supportive, harmonious aspect. So Saturn is grounding, right? Yes. So how do you take that quest for the dream, mm-hmm. right? And that re-embrace and the re-weaving of the dream and the tapping into the wisdom that comes through, you know, coming into your imagination and your intuition and the poetic and the connection to the unity. And how can you architect and create structure around that? And I feel like that Saturn sextile Neptune will help to ground that, what's also really beautiful to is that while January, both of them arise. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And actually That's in right. June they both occur. That's right. Then in September we have the last of the Jupiter Neptune squares and I love this because then it ends in November or November we have the Saturn Neptune sextile so it's almost like we may go up and we may go out yes. but it's going to sort but it feels like it'll conclude or it will close by an anchoring by a grounding. So how do you ground your dreams? Like mm-hmm. how do you be very practical? In terms of also knowing which things have substance, right? Which can you make happen in the constraints of time and space? And which things actually do you want to just release, like that hot <laughs> air balloon? Right. So, again, that Neptune is such an incredible theme, and really, I think, is part of the reason, too, that we talked about that sense of the theme being. Expansion right. or extension, and really kind of getting I don't want to say getting that right because there's a lot of pressure, but like really That's finding so Saturnine, so Saturn, getting really it right. find that balance between yes. like feeling inspired, yes, right, and feeling that there is a greater possibility and my dreams can come true, but not getting lost in that, right? Because, right, what's interesting. About 2019, and this also feels like it's on the heels of that.
0: Right. Is that
1: 2019, as we know, is the precursor to 2020, and 2020 is such an incredible year of possible deep transformation a lot of people are talking about 2020 mm-hmm. as because there is Saturn and Pluto coming together with Jupiter in Capricorn and it we start off and I know we're talking about 2019 but it feels really important to sort of put this out as um you know, the horizon is that in January of 2020, we have the exact Saturn-Pluto conjunction, right? It feels like there's the deep sense of consequence for how we follow the rules. You know, have we been really in alignment with what connects us to a deep sense of renewal? And so it feels like if that Neptunian and Jupiterian expansiveness was really not grounded and not moored through 2019, that we may find ourselves having the
0: consequences
1: and the wake-up consequences of that does that sort of it's that's, it's hard it does, to piece I that think,
0: together but no I think that totally makes sense and I think you know two thousand and twenty, you know, I maybe mean, I think that's a big turning point year and I think we are starting to look this year towards what's happening next. And you know what I like about too what you're saying about Jupiter Square Neptune that it's paralleling. you know, parallel paralleling is that did I say that right? <laughs> the um, Saturn sextile Neptune. So yeah. you know they're happening kind of at the same time, which is like kind of a lovely synchronicity, right? And you know I think that perhaps you know from everything you're saying, looking towards 2020, that maybe this year actually Saturn can become our best friend, right? It, you know what I mean? Is let's work with that Saturn energy. I think Saturn so many times gets that bad rap about being hard and restrictive and oppressive. And yes, yeah, sure, there's some of that there. But I think that, you know, and as I'm saying this as a reminder to myself, let's all work with that Saturnine energy. Let's partner it. With Jupiter, let's partner it with Neptune and see if Saturn can help us, you know, contain in a very expansive way all of this dreamy, inspirational, bigger horizon energy. Yeah, I think it's
1: really important. And that sense too of like, okay, let's expand, but is our expanding sustainable? Ooh. Because it feels like if our expanding is not sustainable we may personally and collectively have a very strong wake up to that right. at the end of the year at the end of 2019 moving into 2020 so dream right right you know move grow but do so while feeling inspired but
0: again really taking stock of is this sustainable? Right. And you know what, Stephanie, as you're talking, I think this also very fits fits very well with Uranus and Taurus. Mm-hmm. Is all of this inspiration, is all of this change that we're going to see and want, is it going to be sustainable for the long run? Yeah.
1: And because right at the end of the year, then Jupiter moves into Capricorn. We have these three. Right, planets. yes in Capricorn, really marking the time. Again, we're looking at Mm -hmm. moving from 2019 to 2020, and where Capricorn, you know, it's about the Earth. It's about responsibility. It's about, is it real? You know, it's about the rule of law. It's about that your actions have consequences. You know, it's very karmic. And so I think for all of us, even in 2019, to not... Get swept away mm-hmm. too much by that expansion mm-hmm. and ex- overextension of that Jupiter Neptune to again be inspired, but remember: Does this have ground? Can we create structure? Is this sustainable?
0: Right, and maybe we should add a word uh, to our word well, let's for the a year word to our word because we have expansion. What about contained expansion? Love it. I think contained expansion works really, really well. Can we add a third word? Why, yes, we can. (laughs) Go ahead. Go for it. Like
1: inspired or inspiration, inspired, contained, expanded. Expanded. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and playing with those. Playing with those at different times. I think that those are really, um, can be really beautiful and important wayfinding devices Mm -hmm. throughout this year.
0: Yes. So... Also, we want to mention, you know, what's a little bit different about 2019 is we don't have any retrogrades from Venus and Mars. And we had both a Venus and a Mars retrograde in 2018, which felt really pretty dramatic so we don't have any of that of course we do have mercury retrograde it happens three times a year so do we want to talk about the yeah. day just so yeah. you can plan ahead and get this on your calendar exactly
1: and just with that too right 2018 it just felt on some level oh, when can i move forward there's a lot of pause there was a lot of simmering There was a lot of patience and so now that 2019 is just back to the three mercury retrogrades mm-hmm. It, and, and retrogrades are incredible, right? They yes, allow us yes. the opportunity to find treasures from the past, but things may not feel as sort of caught up in feeling like, when am I going to gain my traction yes. right, to move forward? Yes. So yeah, so put on your calendar, right? So <laughs> the first Mercury retrograde begins on March 5th. Interestingly enough, just to note that, March 5th is the day before March 6th, March 6th is the day that Uranus moves into Taurus. Oh, interesting. So that just feels yes. like an interesting yes. um, confluence of some really strong energies. Yes. Okay, so March 5th through March 28th. The next one is July 7th through the 31st. And the final one is Halloween, October ah, 31st yes, right. through November 20th, and this year in 2019, for the most part, Mercury will be in water signs during its oh, retrograde.
0: interesting. And, you know, that just brings, I think, more power to the retrograde experience mm. from the standpoint of being able to slow down, go inward, be more reflective, and just utilize those energies to just soften a little bit and regroup. In the water, I think that's going to be a lot more conclusive.
1: Yeah. And I think that's interesting, too, because we have the north node, right, this year in cancer, and a water Mm sign. So it's how can we actually embrace, further understand through that Mm -hmm. Mercury retrograde, how we feel connected to feelings and flow and that sense of receptivity and allowance and how that is actually part of our strong suit.
0: Yes. So it might be an opportunity to regroup a little bit, emotionally as well as otherwise. Yes. Yes.
1: And so just going, right, we went big, and now we're just going to go small again or, or detailed in terms of giving you some dates. We talked about the dates of the Mercury retrograde. Also, just to put on your calendars. Yes, right. The eclipses, there's five in the calendar year of 2019. There is the Capricorn solar eclipse on January 5th. Right, right. We then have a lunar eclipse with the moon in Leo, the sun in Aquarius, on January 20th. On July Third, we have a solar eclipse in Cancer. Mm -hmm. On July 16th, we have a lunar eclipse with the sun in Cancer and the moon in Capricorn. And finally, (laughs) the final eclipse of 2019 is actually on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. On December 25th, we have a solar eclipse in Capricorn. Yes, yes. So just again, mark those on your calendar. And of course... When we do our monthly So Divine episodes and it turns to those months, we will give you
0: more detail and we'll explore them more. Absolutely. And so, you know, the other thing and just kind of wrapping everything up and also bringing in a tarot card for the year, 2019 actually is a universal three year, right? And so the energies of three, when you think about three, it's like one plus two equals three. And so it's a coming together to create something new. And it's a very creative energy. And when I think about the number three, of course, in my tarot mind, I think about the Empress card. And so when we think about 2019, a universal three-year, we can think a little bit about the Empress card as and her archetype as maybe a way to kind of work with these energies, right? So the Empress card, is ruled by Venus and she's very much about love and relationships and creativity. And so when I think about that three energy and the year, what I think about is that maybe this year we're learning to create in relationships, you know, and we're learning to create in the relationships in our life. And so we go from maybe this way of feeling singular or separate, or, you know, it's all about me and I'm just creating for myself. We start to become more universal and we start to think more about the other or the others and that we never create alone. We're always creating in partnership in some form, and so to be very empress to be very inclusive and very welcoming around our energies and the empress is also she's very wise you know the empress isn't twenty five you know she's she's earned her throne, and so maybe bringing the wisdom which to me is so. Capricorn and Saturn, you know what I mean? The wisdom of our life, whenever we can forward in how we engage with others and how we create, right? Yeah, and I love that too, thinking
1: about it's not just speaking of relationships like you and me, Mm. it's I am in also relationship Mm. with
0: the Earth. Yes. Right? Which is so Venus, right? right? It's very
1: Venus, and it's bringing it back to the Uranus and Taurus and that strong Capricorn energy and sustainability. How may I further, how we may all further partner this year, Mm -hmm. you know, in honor of the earth and the planet, you know, how we may also co-create in terms of the Neptune with the divine. Yes. So that beautiful, all the different
0: levels of partnership that the Empress brings us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the other thing about that is you're talking and it really reminds me of as above, so below. You know what I mean? That, you know, we create for ourselves, but we also create with that bigger picture in mind. And the Empress ultimately with that Venus is all about love. You know what I mean? So maybe we can go forward with that idea of loving ourselves, loving others, and loving the earth. Speaking of love, you know, so divine is something that you
1: and I just bore out of this love that we have for astrology, for the tarot, for archetypes, for the conversations yes. that we have that just inspire us and bring us joy. And it's now been a year yes. of doing these so divine podcasts. And I'm so excited because, you know, from this love, right, we realize that we want to continue to co create, yes. you know, and to have other. So Divine offerings. Yes. So, and in a very Uranian way. So, stay tuned well, yeah. for those surprises and the new things that 2019 will give birth to for So Divine.
0: Yeah, I think we're just going to be a little bit more out there in the world. Yeah. And uh, I agree, Stephanie, I love doing these podcasts with you. And, you know, it is our anniversary. So, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yes. And happy 2019. Yes, to you too. And to everyone out there as well. And so, stay tuned tune yes, because there's going to be more So Divine coming your way. So happy 2019, and please stay in touch with us. You
1: can find me at stephaniegaling.com or on Instagram at stephanie underscore
0: galing. And you can find me at meaganskinner.com or on Instagram at meaganceas. And both Stephanie and I post a lot. We'll be posting throughout the year, so that's a great way to stay in touch.
1: And as we're looking to the horizon for So Divine for this year, we would love to hear from you. What kind of offerings would you love to have from us? You know, what would you like to hear us talk about or create? So please don't hesitate to reach out to us at SoDivineVentures at gmail.com. Once again, a big shout out to our So Divine producers, Nick Patri and Sebastiano Tecchio. And we're here at the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in the capitol hill neighborhood
0: of seattle happy so divine for 2019. may 2019 be so divine for you